Hey guys, welcome back to the Tokes Talks podcast. Happy Wednesday, happy hump day. I hope you guys are having an amazing week so far. Guys, this is the second last Wednesday in 2019. Two weeks from now will be Wednesday, January 1st, 2020, and that is bonkers. Like, um, I feel like this year went by so quickly that I woke up January 1st, fell asleep, then woke up October, and the year was just on its way out. But I am super grateful for how this year is turning out, and I hope you guys are too. And I hope you guys aren't writing off the last two weeks. For me, I haven't even really started writing down concrete 2020 goals yet. I'm trying to start maybe later this week because I believe that there are certain things that can still happen this year. I don't think it's a loss. Until 11.59 p.m. on the 31st, anything can happen. And that's just the way I operate. And I don't want to start writing down goals for 2020 based on my opinion or my feelings that they can no longer happen this year. All it takes is one phone call, guys, and you can you can flip the story for next year, this year. Um, and I don't want you guys to look at this year and be disappointed or to write it off. There are some things, of course, that we had planned for this year that may not come to pass as we had expected. And sometimes because of our fault or because that's just the way the cookie crumbled. But what I'll tell you is to take the lesson from whatever happens and whatever doesn't happen and use all of that as as momentum and fuel to get what get what's yours in 2020. Uh, I hope you guys had a chance to meditate on the words to live by for last week, which were when it's time to go, go in faith. And for me, this is very religious and also very instinctual. As I've told you, I'm a Christian. I believe in God and Jesus Christ. And for me, faith when I talk about faith is blind faith. It's not necessarily knowing exactly where you're going, but going with the trust that God is with you and that he will He will guide your steps. You know, there are some things that I feel are in my control and are my responsibility, and there are other things that I feel are not my responsibility. And knowing when to separate the two and when to let go of the reins and operate in faith and trust in God is something that I've been really learning to do and something that I've been consciously um, practicing this year that has, that I feel has kind of put me where I need to be in life. And with the whole, when it's time to go, that is your instincts. That's, you know, like whether we want to admit it or not, or whether we want to talk about it or not, we know when we're being pushed from the inside of us to do something. We know when we're being pushed on from the inside of us not to do something. We know when we're being pushed on the inside of us to go into something. And we know when we're being pushed on the inside of us to get out of something. And the and that's one thing. Understanding and feeling our instincts is one thing, but acting on those instincts is the monster. I think that's the monster because Sometimes, let's say I know I want to get out of my job because it's not where I feel I need to be and I'm distracted and I'm not motivated. I can know this from like from my toes to the top of my head that I need to get out of here. But based on the fact that I've been applying to jobs and no one's been calling or the jobs that are being offered to me aren't what I think are ideal, I might now 
not take the actions I think are necessary. And this is a relationship too. You may be in a relationship for a long time and you know that relationship is no longer serving you, but because of the comfort, the fear of the unknown, you just kind of linger a little longer than you need to. And that's where you need to join your instincts with your faith because faith means I know this is the push for whatever reason. I don't understand where that push is coming from or what it's leading me to, but I all I know is that my it's my responsibility to act on that push in faith that getting out or doing what's required of me will align everything else that's out of my hands. So that's just how I like to operate and it's difficult and it's something that I train myself on. And there are some places or some topics in my life that I find easier to operate in faith, whereas there are some that I really want to control and be in power of. So I'm saying all this to say, trust your instincts and, and be confident that if your body is telling you something and you're feeling a push in a certain direction, there's a reason for that, even if you don't necessarily see that reason and knowing yourself and trusting yourself and understanding yourself is enough of a reason to step out in faith, understanding that whatever is meant to happen after you take your first step is going to happen the way it's meant to. So I really hope that helped you guys. And I hope that especially as we go into this new year and this new decade that we really takes, take some risks. Um, life is much more fulfilling when we're doing the things that we want to do, even when those things aren't necessarily clear cut paths to success. Sometimes it's those risks that I think make life worth living. Mundane lives are very boring and they're very, they're not, I don't think long-term we just want to live mundane lives or at least most of us who listen to this podcast. So I really want you guys to try and take more risks and learn to have that faith to do what's required of you and let go of the reins of everything else that's out of your control. And this is not just spirit, spiritual based, but also in life. Like sometimes a lot of us try to control a lot of people or when we're feeling a certain way and maybe the person who we're feeling that way towards is not feeling the same way as us at the moment. We kind of want to readjust ourselves to match them. But I think we all are entitled to feel what we feel and understanding that not everything is in our hands kind of frees us of certain burdens and also allows us to stand in our truth much better. For this episode, I'm going to be talking about 10 for 10. So as this decade is coming to an end, I wanted to bring you guys another list of 10 things that I've learned in this past decade. I know, of course, from 2010 to 2019, I've learned way more than 10 things, but I think that these are the 10 things that have been most impactful and most important in shaping who I am as a person, especially who I've become in this last year. I'm telling you guys, this year has been one for the books. And I feel like I've become the best version of myself in the past decade in this past year. And I think that's how we all should probably be. Maybe I don't think I'm special or I'm different in this because every year we kind of grow and become better. So of course this year I'm going to be a better version of myself, hopefully than I was in 2018. But I feel like a lot of heavy growth was done this year. And part of it is because I was consciously thinking and trying to grow. So I'm just going to give you guys my 10 for 10 top 10 things 
that I've learned this decade. Number one is starting over isn't so bad. And this kind of ties into the words to live by of last year. I mean, sorry, of last week <laughs> in that we get comfortable in our, our comfort zones. That's why they're called comfort zones. This could be work. It could be relationship, friendships, situations, just our status quo and the way we've learned to do things. But what I've learned over this past decade is that a fresh start is not necessarily a bad thing. Even though it's scary and it's unknown, I find that I have yet to see, to start over, to start fresh in something and not be in a better place than what I was holding on to previously. And um, I think we need to actually start getting excited for fresh starts in our life because it offers us the opportunity to really look back on what we've been doing and see how to bring new and fresh ideas, fresh perspectives to a new place we're entering into. Because sometimes when you're in a space for too long, even if you know that there are certain changes that are necessary, because of the comfort level, you barely even have the push to do those things. So I find that number one, starting over is not so bad. Number two is if you think you've lost, you've already lost. And this is mindset all day long. Mindset, training your mind. And we have a way of psyching ourselves out. And I, in my episode where I spoke all about mindset, um, I really got in on this because one of the ways that I found I've been able to change my narrative, especially in 2019, was by taking some negative thoughts that have been so ingrained that I don't even realize that they're negative and kind of removing them from my mind. The moment you believe that you can't accomplish something, you've already stopped yourself from doing it because what you do is become a victim to yourself. And when you when you decide that I can't do something, the moment, even if you still try it outside of the fact that you've kind of psyched yourself out, the moment things become a little too difficult, you'll kind of well, you'll, you'll remember that you said that this thing was impossible anyway. And what that will do is actually stop you from pushing or doing the necessary steps or having the creativity required to actually do that thing that, that you may be able to do. So mindset is everything. Once you believe you're invincible, once you believe you're a giant, the world just kind of falls at your feet. You just start to look at things differently. You'll see people in the exact same situation, but based on the way they think and the way they operate, they'll have very two very different outcomes in that situation. So stop psyching yourself out is one of like, is, well, was and still is a very, very important thing that I learned over this past decade and one that I'm going to keep taking with me because especially when it comes to training your mind, um, as we go through life, these things come kind of reappear. So I may have conquered certain things this year or last year. You may have conquered certain things this year or last year that will never phase you again. But as you continue to move and progress, you'll face new giants and some of them will be bigger and scarier and safety and self-preservation might have you 
retreating back to your old self and saying, oh, well, maybe this is not something I can accomplish. But that's why you have to constantly remember that training your mind is something that never stops so that when you do end up in a situation that kind of makes you revert back to that weak place, you'll be able to catch it really quickly and adjust accordingly. The third thing I learned this year is to (laughs) to be quiet. Like, and this is, this is on all levels. It's, it's me silencing the noise of what's going on around me to try and get to the bottom of myself. It's mindfulness. That's one thing that I take very seriously. Now I, I cut out time to just be silent and be present in nothingness because I move so quick. I move, I, I talk quick in this podcast. I have like a soft voice in real life. It's not that soft. Um, (laughs) and being quiet and shushing is also the act of not necessarily telling everybody everything. And this is one that with African parents, you, you kind of learn from, from birth that, certain accomplishments, things you're working on do not need to be broadcasted, even if you're happy. And even if people are going to be proud of you and are going to love you, there are certain things that you need to just keep to yourself for the time being, understanding that when it's time, they will be seen. And shushing is also a matter of conflict. When you're in a situation with somebody, it's not always necessary for you to speak. It's not necessary to have the last word just because you have something in your mind that would that w- you think would benefit the situation doesn't mean it always has to be said. And this is the power of choosing your words and understanding that the less you use them, the more strength they have. And that just because you have things to say doesn't mean it's necessarily important for you to say them at that moment or that they will be received in the right way. And I think the whole concept of being quiet gives you more time to think and determine whether or not what you're going to say is beneficial to a third party, beneficial to yourself, beneficial to your goals, your agendas, and society as a whole. And in learning to be quiet and still, you you learn to come up with the answer to that question much easier. And it just helps you throughout your whole life. So number three is shh. <laughs> Number four is don't shift your character, shift their access. And this is something that I have probably struggled with for a lot of my life. Um, I am who I am, and I think we all are who we are. And when traumatic situations happen or negative situations, it often makes us want to protect ourselves well always makes us want to protect ourselves because for the most part we don't want to continue to experience the same negative stimuli over and over and over again it's it's just not fun and it's not nice and what I find is that in the in the goal of protecting ourselves we often decide that we're not gonna be a certain way anymore so People will be like, oh, I used to be so nice in my relationship, but this person cheated on me, so I'm never going to be nice to any guy I meet again. He's going to, they're all going to suffer because I'm not going to suffer. And the shift I've had as of recently and probably throughout the past decade, but not realizing what it is, is that I'm not going to shift my character. I'm just going to shift people's access to me. 
So what that means is you know who you are and you're not going to change that because of a negative situation. So instead of, so the only solution is that if you're not going to change it and you want to also avoid the negative situation, you now have to shift the access that you give people to you. So for, for an example now, if you know that you're extremely loving and giving and in the past you've been used by the people around you and you decide that you no longer want that to be the case, but you also don't want to stop being the way you are because when we change and stop being the way we are, we're doing a disservice to ourselves and the world because not everybody is going to be that trash person who puts you in that bad situation. Most most people you meet are going to be good people who deserve that and you yourself want to give out of the abundance of who you were created to be, right? So when you realize that in this example, you're a giver, you care, you go above and beyond and that you've been used in the past, what now happens is that you take a little more time to enter into relationships. And this could be friendships, not only romantic relationships, but you take a little bit more time vetting the people that you give access to yourself because you know that once they're in, all bets are off. And you know that you're gonna you're gonna be all that you are. And if you don't want to be used, this is the safest way to go about this. And I'm just gonna throw it in there that this isn't foolproof. Sometimes we do vet people and after the vetting process, when they've made it through probation, they end up <laughs> they end up still being negative. But what I find is that this kind of weeds out a lot of people while also ensuring that you you as a person get to be the fullness of who you are. Because I don't think we deserve to have to live a life where we segment parts of ourselves into boxes because pain has locked them up. Um there's so much happiness in this world and there are a lot of good people and good things and we ourselves are good people and we don't want to now not be that because one person had or a few people don't get me wrong it could be more than one and it usually is more than one has decided to kind of pervert our goodness and turn it into something that it shouldn't be so that's number four don't shift your character shift their access Number five is those who are meant to be around always are. And this is tried and true throughout the decade, throughout my whole life. Um, one thing I found is that sometimes there are people who you have expectations of. Um, and these expectations are not necessarily naive. They're expectations based on who the, who you thought they'd be to you, who you've been to them, vice versa. And when something happens and you expect that person to show up for you, they don't. And this can be extremely devastating and difficult to deal with, especially when you've kind of banked on that person to be there for you. But what I found is that um, when you focus on the people who aren't there, it makes it's kind of a slap in the face to the people who are there. And when you look at the people who are there for you, and what they'll do and how they'll support you and how they'll have your back at all times. Even if it's just the people who come to celebrate you on your birthday or the people who who see you post a picture and hype it up. Like, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be profound. It doesn't have to be deep. But the people who show up for you, those are the people who need to be there. And it's important that we don't magnify one so much so that we diminish the power of a 100 
And that's usually what happens when we have expectations of people and they fall short is that we focus so much on them falling short that we don't appreciate all the people who are around us. But what I found is that the people who are meant to be there are always there. And the things that you would expect someone to do for you that they don't do, if you pay good attention, that void that you think is created by their absence is actually being filled by multiple people, if not one person who is just not the person who you think you wanted. So sometimes it's important, or all all the time, it's important to look at who's there for you. Look at who showed up. Don't look at who didn't show up because the people who showed up are, are special and they're amazing and they're the people who you need to appreciate and focus on and thank because they're the ones who are going to help you through it. If you sit there and think about the people who aren't there for you, you're never going to get through it because you'll be waiting for something that may never come. So number five is those who are meant to be around always are. Number six is if you can't let it go, let it be known. And this is something my grandma actually told me. She actually said it in Yoruba. It was like we were having this whole big conversation and she, what it came down to for her is that she doesn't want to hold grudges and she's not the type of person who likes to, she likes to live a free life where everybody is kind of gone with the wind. (laughs) And, um, if you've done something to upset me, so this is how she looks at it. If you've done, someone has done something to upset you. If you can't let it go and letting it go is brushing it off, moving on, like truly moving on, not saying I'm good, but you're like inside, you're not good, you're hot, you're angry, you're <laughs> you're riled up. No, if you can truly let it go, let it go. But if you cannot let it go, let it be known. So letting it be known is not a fight. Like don't tell anybody Tokes told you to let it be known and go argue or make a big scene with anyone. That's not what I mean whatsoever, but it's more so express the feelings. You just don't want to hold anything in. So figure out where you stand in whatever situation and let it be known. And letting it be known might be you sending a text to someone that they ignore. Letting it be known doesn't mean that it's going to turn into a positive interaction with that person where they're going to apologize. You may never get that, but that's more so number 10 of the things I've learned, but you may never get that apology. It's just don't hold grudges and don't hold things in. It's so much more freeing when you let go of things because the burden of anger and grudges is so heavy and you won't even realize the ways that it weighs you down. It weighs you down mentally because remembering to be angry at someone every time you see them is just difficult. Um, when you hold grudges and you haven't seen someone in five years and you see them and life has moved on, like five years is a really long time and you still want to be angry at them. Think about it. You're literally pulling negativity from the depths of your memory to bring out, to reignite you, to justify why you still want to be mad at that person. And that is not the way to live. I want to be happy. I don't know about all of y'all, but I want to be happy. I want to be light and free. I want to see someone and not even care about what they did to me in 2008, even if it was traumatizing and horrible at that time. I just want to let it go. And if you know you can't let it go, let it be known. Express yourself. Send a letter that may never be received or may never be replied to, but just do not hold on to grudges. So one more time, number six is if you can't let it go, let it be known. Number seven is plan and then reassess your plans. And this is pivoting. 
um, we have our goals and our plans. And when we have, let's say, an A to Z step-by-step instructions of how we're going to accomplish this plan. And for whatever reason, Z gets messed up or G gets lost in translation. A lot of times it discourages people into thinking that their plans or the goals that they have cannot be accomplished. But that's why it's important to reassess your plans. You can have steady plans and steady goals of things you want to accomplish, but the journey, let it be fluid. Let it be something where you may think you need to go straight, but if at one point it's necessary to pivot to get to get around something or to go about it in a different way that you didn't initially see, be open to that because our plans and life's plans are not always on the same page. And when that's the case, you don't want to be thrown so far off by the fact that things aren't going the way you thought they would, that'll stop you from getting to your end goal when your end goal is still well within reach, just not necessarily in the way that you had initially envisioned getting to it. So yes, your plans can be, well, your goals can be rigid. Like I want to accomplish this come hell or high water but the the path in which you get to that thing should be loose it shouldn't be rigid because the moment that's rigid as well it's going to almost always block you from getting to that goal just because of the way life is set up the way things happen I might have a goal to do something tomorrow and the car breaks down am I now going to be like oh I don't have a car and I had said I was going to leave home at 6 30 no I'm gonna leave home at 4 30 get get in an uber or get on the bus or get on the train and get there because that's what life is. We plan and we plan. And they say it, man plans and God laughs. But just because our plans do not happen the way we had initially set them out to doesn't mean that our goals are no longer attainable. So that's number seven, plan and then reassess your plans. Number eight is when you connect to something with no power, you'll lose charge. And (laughs) the simplest way to think of this is those times when you plug in your phone. And the outlet isn't working. (laughs) And you come back to your, let's say this has happened to me. I'm going out. So I plug in my phone and I'm playing music, getting ready for my outing for like an hour, playing music, draining the battery. Well, in my mind, I'm not draining the battery because I'm plugged into something just for me to get ready to go and see that my battery is at 5%. And because the outlet isn't working. And I feel like a lot of times, um, this happens to us in real life where we will be connected to people connected to places that we think we're connected to something we think we're affiliated with something great we think we're in the right place but that place is actually not fueling us and giving us the power we need and because we think we have the power we need we're overexerting ourselves only to realize that we're drained because that thing wasn't giving us the power that we needed and that just makes me more cautious. I'm more cautious of what I connect to, who I connect to, because I know I exert, like I will overexert myself and I will, I will use all my energy. And if you're in situations where you think you're connected, so you think you're in a positive friendship where both of you are giving to, to each other, but if you don't stop and realize, um, take a step back, you don't realize that you're just giving to them and they're not giving you anything back that you need, you'll just realize that you're drained. So whenever you feel drained about anything, look at what you're connected to. Even if you are connected to something, 
determine whether that thing is actually giving you power and charging you up the way it should be. And if it's not, maybe it's time to unplug from that whole situation, take the little pieces of the little low battery mode that's left and go connect to something that's going to offer you the type of energy that you need so that you can give the type of energy that you're always going to give yourself. So that's number eight. When you connect to something with no power, you lose charge. Number nine is know yourself and don't be sorry about acting in that knowledge. And um, this is something that I've really, really stepped into. I'd say second half of 2019. Um, we are only responsible for ourselves. And this kind of goes back into the don't shift your character, shift their access. The only person who we can truly vouch for and bank on is ourselves. And that's why it's so important that we know ourselves and that we, we don't apologize for acting in the way that we know is best for us. So this could mean being in a situation with somebody and let's say a negative argument or something and that person kind of blows up on you, but you decide to stay quiet. And someone else will be like, why didn't you yell back at them? Why didn't you go off on them? And you say, it's because that's not how I operate, you know? And in knowing yourself and not being sorry for acting in the abundance of it, what happens is that you kind of, you get to this place that if people are manipulative or if people are not necessarily willing to give you what is required of you, and they've kind of been getting away with that for a while, they'll look at you and think that maybe you're being arrogant or you've changed. But there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes we do need to change. And sometimes we, de- we do need to realize our value enough to not to not just allow any anything to be in our space. And in doing this, one thing that I found that has really changed for me this year is that I'm no longer afraid to ask for what I want. And this could be little or huge like if someone calls me a nickname that I really love I'll be like yeah can you please keep calling me that or if I want to do something I'll be like can we do this and at a point in my life I felt like asking for what I wanted or for my needs was something that was too much or that I was kind of being pushy or dictating but now that I know who I am and I know what I deserve it's not like that anymore so I think it's really important that we get to understand ourselves, get to know our likes, our wants, our dislikes, and be absolutely okay in whatever happens when we act in that knowledge. So if I know that I can't, I don't like something and I don't want any parts of it, and maybe I'm in a friendship with someone and they enjoy doing that thing, and maybe for, for a while I've been kind of accommodating it because I want to be that good friend, and today is the day that I no longer want to be a better friend to someone than I am a person to myself. Um, and you say no, and that turns into a big, big deal. It's okay. You know, sometimes, sometimes when we get to know ourselves in the ways that we should and get to love ourselves in the way we should, some people will not understand right away. They might think we're pushy and that's absolutely fine because who's going to live with the consequences of our actions. If we live a life to please everybody around us, except for ourselves. And that person is also living their life to please themselves they are living two lives and you're living none. And when they live their life and for whatever reason, their life takes them in a place where they're not as close to you or it takes them in a direction that brings them joy and you're sitting around not even knowing what your joy is because you've lived so long for for everyone else but yourself, no one will owe you an apology but yourself. So knowing who you are is 
of the utmost importance. And once you know who that is, operating in that knowledge unapologetically is the next best and necessary step that you need in order to live a happy and fulfilled life for yourself. Um, the last and final tip or lesson that I've learned. And since this whole episode is lessons, I'm not really going to give you a words to live by because every single one of these are, but if I had to pick one that I think has shaped me the most in this past decade, it would be number 10. So I guess this will be our words to live by for this week. And it is forgiveness is a selfish act. And this is probably the most No, it is. It's the most important lesson that I've learned in this last decade. Um, Before, I used to want people to say sorry to me. I used to want to move on only when I got what I think I deserved. So I wouldn't forgive you unless you said sorry or and I'd hold on to grudges and things of that nature but I found that forgiveness is selfish and I I have talked about it in a past episode and the reason why forgiveness is selfish is because you're not doing it for anybody but yourself the reason why you forgive is because you want to let go of the pain that that person has caused you so for me what this means, and I'm sure for many of you, if you really want to internalize it, is that you're going to forgive people for sorries that you will never, ever receive. Let me repeat that one more time. You will forgive people for sorries that you will never, ever receive. You'll forgive people for not, even though they'll never feel guilty for what they did. You'll forgive people who, in the eyes of everybody else, do not deserve forgiveness. And the reason why you're forgiving them is because you as a person cannot afford to live with the burden of the hurt that they caused you. So I don't forgive people to make them feel better. I don't even care if you know if I forgive you or not. I forgive you because I can't afford to let whatever it is you've done to me affect my ability to be my best self and to live a life that's conducive to me. If you hold on to grudges and you hold on to the negative things that people have done to you while they're living their jolly life, not even remembering you, you are holding on to them and you're holding on to them in a way that is stopping you from being a happy person, from being a light person, from being carefree, from being healed. Because if you're waiting for someone to say sorry to you before you, you forgive them and in turn heal yourself you're going to be broken for a very long time. And that's the one, I'd say that's the number one thing I've learned this year, that I don't care if you say sorry or not. Once I realize that the anger or the frustration or the disappointment that I feel towards someone is hindering my ability to be my best self to the people around me who don't deserve it, um, who don't deserve to have to get the brunt of something that they never did, that is a wake-up call for me to let it go. So that is why I think forgiveness is a very selfish act and one of the most important things that we need to do. So I'm going to end the episode right there with that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Another thing is that on my Instagram page, at Tokes Talks, I'm currently doing a 12 days of poetry. So from the 14th, of December until Christmas day, I'll be, I have been dropping videos of 12 of my favorite poems from my book and breaking down what they mean to me, why they're significant and what I wanted 
to give to my readers by writing that piece or what I hoped that they would take away from it or maybe even where I was emotionally while I wrote it. So if you guys would like to see that and watch that, you could just go over to my Instagram page. Thank you guys so, so, so much for listening. Have an amazing week and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.